Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Masters of Craft. I believe heavily in the power of manifestation. Whatever you spend emotional attention on is your reality. If you're always sick and broke, you'll always be sick and broke. And sometimes, as an artist, it starts with make-believe, and that's why we're considered dreamers, or we're considered, you know, artists are considered, you know, not as grounded as certain people. But who needs to be grounded? Who needs the grounding? You know, it's nice to live in the sky mentally. And so, like, when you are really good at manifesting, you know, and believing and seeing that thing, and it materializes for the first time, and you, you can actually manipulate matter and play with it a bit and you start seeing a couple wins it keeps you in the game i've seen so many people and i don't want to mention names because i'll get in trouble who are who are slaves to how their audiences met them before all of the shit before tiktok before instagram before social media before the internet you had to keep that formula how can you flower how can you change as a creative you know what's best you know what's next they can't see it but your label your agent you know the management they want you to show up how they know you to be or what's easier palatable and digestible for them if you're tuning in for the first time ever, shame on you, you should tune in more often. But um, we forgive you. <laughs> we, we talk to a lot of really interesting individuals. Um, these are all people, things, places, ideas, philosophies that inspire me and I hope that they inspire you. And um, the mastery does not stop today at all. Uh, hello, Sir John. Hey guys, what's going on? Hey Chris, hey people, it's nice to be here. Um, I'm gonna do something I hate doing. Okay, uh, so why would you want to lead with that? Because, you know, why not lead with honesty? You know? <laughs> okay, shouldn't okay. We all, shouldn't we all lead with honesty? Let's go for it. Let's go for it, brother. Um, and it's only because I don't like when hosts read bios. Okay. But I'm going to read yours. I'm going to read a portion of yours. Okay. Because it, it's, it's more compelling than I could probably do it, and I don't want you to do it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, would hope, I would hope not. <laughs> Here, read this. Um, all right. You ready? Yes, let's go for it. You guys ready? You Okay. Uh, a dynamic force in the beauty industry, Sir John's body of work includes signature looks for some of the world's most influential cultural figures, including Mary J. Blige, Naomi Campbell, Celine Dion, Carly Kloss, Viola Davis, Gabrielle Union, Doja Cat, Priyanka Chopra, Serena Williams, and most notably, Beyonce. His work has been featured in leading publications such as Elle, Glamour, Harper's Bazaar, Marie Claire, New York Magazine, Time Magazine, Vanity Fair, and Vogue. More than a makeup artist. I wanted to turn it into more than a makeup. <laughs> uh, a term he redefines daily. Sir John is a true multi-hyphenate. He is a business executive, executive producer, and television host who has successfully led partnerships with global organizations such as Barbie, Mattel, Disney, YouTube, Estee Lauder, Tommy Hilfiger, Glossier. Uh, is it Glossier or Glossier? Glossier. Okay, yeah. that was French. Yeah. Glossier. You French. just got back from Paris. Glossier. Yeah. Um, how's your French? Um, it's, it's non-existent. Oh, and that's, that's sad. Uh, his 10-year relationship with L'Oreal Paris, U.S. serving as uh, creative director, masterclass.com, global tours, the Super Bowl, and leading retailers. He is currently the only beauty talent represented by a CAA. Um, so my first question to you is, uh, why am I ugly? <laughs> um, I think that's a, that's a question you ask yourself every morning. I think let's look, let's go glass half full. And, and what's work, what's working for you already, Chris? Tell me that. What's working uh, for you? You know, I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, yeah. I have a skin routine. I got I picked yeah. up John Legend's new uh, loved one uh, skin stuff. So there's one person out there who buys. Okay, all right. Well, oh, hey now. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, look. The redefines yeah. daily was the part that really okay. stuck out, right. st stuck out to me, uh, or stood out, stuck out. I'm saying two words at once. Um, what does redefining daily mean to you? Well, the thing, the thing is, man, like you know, when you think about the beauty industry or being a makeup artist, I was a makeup artist when I was 19 or 20, and so now I'm at like an executive level of my career, but the title is se seeming the same. So redefining 
actually is, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm blazing paths or opening space or creating space to, um, to redefine what it looks like to be in this business. It's not so linear, you know, I'm actually walking through the wilderness daily, kind of feeling my way around and what seems right. Um, but, uh, you know, it has, it's not always so transactional as the application of makeup. But um, I believe that beauty is a feeling, you know, so we want to feel something. How, what you see and how that shows up gives us a feeling. It makes us feel something. It makes us feel connected to ourselves. It makes us feel anchored in ourselves. Even if you spray on fragrance, you are affected by beauty. Even if you shave every morning, you're affected by beauty. So um, making sure that uh, we continue to uh, have an unorthodox view of what beauty looks like is my job. Yeah. Um, and, you know. It's it, to me, it's almost like photography, right? It's okay. it's a hard industry to develop a signature look, mm. you know, and a okay. signature to your craft. Um, what is it depends? The, yeah, yeah, no, and yeah. The, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I, I, like I, I think about that, you know, in terms of you becoming highly sought after. Okay, um, what is what is it about you and your execution of what you do oh, wow. that that causes people to be in a, a frenzy and a stir? Well, that's one of those things I don't necessarily know if. I can say what you know creates a stir or a frenzy, but um, I believe that I'm a destination of energy. There's so many people who are really great makeup artists, who are great stylists, who are great you know uh, hairstylists, you know, or photographers, but they're not pleasures to be around, you know. And we're the last people who you see before who they see before they walk the red carpet, you know, seeing in front of millions of people around the world. Uh, actually, take photos that are you know iconic imagery we see in advertising or cover stories. And so I know that my energy impacts that space so much. And, and so that's my thing. My secret sauce is, is I love people. I love to show up and make people feel something. I'm not a people pleaser, but I love to, I love to find and bring joy out in people. So I want to say that my secret sauce has been uh, vibes, you know, just curating a vibe and making sure everyone's having, you know, is, is into that vibe. And so when and the absence of that is loud when, I, when I'm not on set or when you're not there. If you make people feel something, they will follow you to the ends of the world. They'll pay for you to business flights, you know, and it, uh, you travel however you need to travel because they need that. They're, they're actually relying on that. So it's not as transactional as the application of a lash or a contour or something like that. It's emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, as soon as you said energy, the yeah. first word that came to me was trust. Trust. Right. There's a huge yes. element of trust of like, make me feel what, yeah. you, just, what you just said. Um, what, is, what does trust mean to you in, in the craft? You know, and the thing is, Trust is one of those things where it's like, um, it's like a, there's a firewall up, you know, with everyone daily because of our own things. I, I also really believe heavily in the mental health and mental wellness and, uh, and how, that, how we see ourselves affects how we feel. Doing the temperature check daily. Uh, what am I seeing? How am I processing? How am I feeling before I walk into this room? I had to process before I even came in here. Am I leaving all my stuff, you know, from the week? I just flew in from, uh, I was in Cognac, France in Paris this yesterday morning. But am I leaving that there so I can be present here now? Um, so what does trust look like to me? Trust looks like uh, continued, um, I, I can rely on the energy that this person is going to bring. I can emotionally put my hand back down when I'm around this guy and take my firewall down um, because I know he's going to take me somewhere that um, I feel safe. So trust equals safety. Yeah. Um, you also just touched on another subject that I don't think about often enough and I don't think many of us do mm -hmm. is the reset. You know, especially when you are a multi-hyphenate entrepreneur or creator, like starting, going from one space to space or one call to another, or one yeah. Zoom call to another, like it's a constant state of resetting. Yeah. Um, how do you hit that reset button? Like you, yeah. you, like you mentioned, walking in here and you're like, ah, I, think, <laughs> I think the goal with a reset is to remember. Is to remember, you know, this, you look for micro moments, micro meditative 
qualities or micro moments in meditation. And so how can I get back to a space that I remember how blessed, how blessed I am? I can I remember that, guess what? It's gonna do what it's gonna do. You know, like even I'm thinking about backstage at Coachella, backstage at Super Bowl, whatever that looks like, the Grammys, when everything is looking crazy, I kind of grew up in a crazy environment and I go really, really calm because it's gonna do what it's gonna do, it's gonna happen, but only thing I can do is rely on the energy that I'm bringing to myself. You know, and then everything else is, um, is a variable. All of these things that show up in our life, everything that shows up in our environment, um, whether you, uh, it's the water cooler at work or you're backstage at Fashion Week in Paris, it's, you're, it's a mirror for where you are emotionally, where you are mentally. So I think as long as I'm checking myself daily, when I say checking myself, it, it takes work. <laughs> like, it's easy not to check yourself. It's easy to go unchecked, bro, and actually you know, run amok in terms of not wanting to see yourself. But I want to see myself as much as possible um, and that allows me to really bring uh, a renewed sense of energy every time I walk into a door, every time I, I'm invited back. Because the goal is, the thing is, whenever we work with people, uh, and all the people you mentioned, all the companies, I mean, mind you, I'm contracted, so it's not just always being invited back, I'm contracted. But when you're working around talent, you're invited back. Every, every day is the first day of school. I'm invited back, and I'm, I'm honored and humbled every time someone wants me to do it again. Yeah. Um, crazy environment. Crazy environment. That took uh, that that hit me a little bit. Um, a, I think the industry in and of itself, the spaces you've mentioned in the, yeah. the Super Bowl, backstage is great. Like it's very frenetic. It is crazy energy. We hear yes. whispers of different people's personality types. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but also, if you don't mind, um, you talk about growing up in a crazy environment. What, yeah. what does that mean? I mean, so growing up in a crazy environment, I grew up in, you know, uh, I grew up from upstate New York, Buffalo, moved to New York when I was 19, and I just got thrown into like fashion. I used to be an assistant forever for Charlotte Tilbury and Pat McGrath, um, and basically just work. And also, I used to do makeup in a strip club in Queens, Astoria. Shout out to Ribby's on Steinway and 35th. <laughs> um, and I just know that, you know, those environments train me to actually to do what I do. So it's not, listen, the easy times manage themselves. It's all about, the lows or the chaotic spaces that you know men are kind of uh, trained or, or groomed in. So I, I love the fact that I'm able to be some peace or a breeze of air in a chaotic room, uh, and that's kind of like what I what I need to tap into when everything is uncontrollable. When you are in the craft and you have a client that you're working with, um, I feel like any piece of fashion or accessory or you know adornment is an extension of that person's personality and what they want to evoke in a moment. At times. At times. At times. Yeah, because it's also at times it's a sign to them. At times I've seen artists um, uh, have the inability to move or to grow how they want to because their fan bases see them a certain way. So um, you know, it, it goes both ways. And sometimes it's really organic, but it's sometimes it's it's a formula that they're scared to break out of at times. Is that is, is that is that like a coaching element to your business, right? Like, are you walking in a room saying, "Hey, I think we can go a little further or in Absolutely. a different direction"? Every day, every day we move, the, we push the needle. We move. Listen, uh, you know, the, some of the most successful people continue to push the finish line, but the finish line isn't just you know, in terms of success. It's also about like how far can I take myself? How much do I want to grow? How much do I want to? you know, add on to um, uh, the space that I occupy. And so um, I think we, and that's what goes back to this trust thing. You know, if you trust me, you trust that I'm gonna take you on a journey. If you trust me, you trust that, you know, us being here and, you know, and, and being as loyal to, to you as we've been, whether it's a fashion director, whether it's a beauty director, it could be a celebrity, who are that, your boss, whatever that looks like. I think the goal is to continue to show up and be consistent. Consistency is key. So as long as I'm consistent and I'm anchored and rooted in who you know me to be, you should trust where you, I'm going to take you.
um, when I was processing this conversation, you know, in, in, in my head. Okay. Um, wait, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Were you processing this conversation already? Oh, uh, yeah, man. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, I go through it, I'm doing notes, and I'm like, well, I was like, oh, well, what if we, okay, what, and then I'm like, I'm okay. wondering what people have not been asked or what have been, been okay, asked thousands cool. of times. Yeah. Plus all you know, whispers I've heard from people we have in common. Okay. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, it's almost like separating the words makeup and artist. Boom. Um, talk to me about the artist side yeah. and how it differs from makeup artist. Yeah. Oh, man, the artist side is like you know how can I continue to uh, how can we continue to flower? When I think about flowering, I think about how can I organically grow? How can I organically uh, you know um, um, be curious? I think curiosity is going to lead you into a space where you can impact. Have, you can be more impactful. Uh, the curiosity, the questions that you're asking of yourself, the questions you're asking of the universe, uh, will allow you not to just anniversary who you were yesterday or last year, um, but um, uh, you know, come out of that in spaces or and outgrow those spaces, you know, and, and not really care what your audience thinks and, and know what you need to deliver them and not what they're expecting. So um, when I think about being an artist, it's uh, it's it's lonely. A, it's also really stressful at times. And, and also it can induce a lot of anxiety and depression. I remember I, I, in my 20s, I did go through a lot of anxiety and depression because, you know, from, and, and, I'm, and I'm able to say that now because it's it can help someone. But you know, you want to make it, you want to do it. I know that all my friends were like, doc, wanted to go to school for being a doctor or a teacher or whatever that looks like. And so, listen, you do the thing, you do residency, you're in the space. It's, it's such a trained way or path forward. And then you have kids calling you Mr. So-and-so with, you know, their homework in their hand or to be a doctor. But when you're an artist or when you have a creative space, you're kind of in the wilderness. You go into the wilderness searching around. It's almost like you're grabbing, trying to grab for uh, something that you can't see. It's like looking for Wi-Fi. You know it's there, but you can't necessarily access it. Um, and what that can be is it can be very lonely. Uh, it's unreliable. Um, and so what you have to do is be anchored in yourself. You have to be 10 toes down. And so like the closer you get as an artist to being 10 toes down um, and being able to rely on what you know, how you know you're supposed to show up, um, that's when you're on the path to actually really creating something that is uh, stable in this unstable uh, space. I think that's a switch that some people don't get to turn on, yeah. right? Some people, some of us end up staying in our ego, staying in a place of fear or discomfort. Okay. But then you go like, you hit a personal growth moment. And like I said, you had a bout of depression and, and anxiety and things you've gone through. What were, what were the exercises or the influences or whatever it was that kind of tipped you in the other direction? Yeah. To me, the other direction, you know, listen, I believe heavily in the power of manifestation. I believe, you know, whatever you spend emotional attention on is your reality. If you're always sick and broke, you'll always be sick and broke, you know. So and sometimes as an artist, it starts with make believe. And that's why we're considered dreamers or we're considered, you know, artists are considered, you know, not as grounded as certain people. But who needs to be grounded? Who needs the grounding? You know, it's nice to live in the sky mentally. And so like when you are really good at manifesting, you know, and believing and seeing that thing, and it materializes for the first time. And you, you can actually manipulate matter and play with it a bit. And you start seeing a couple wins. Uh, the losses will teach you how to win, actually. You know, mm. the losses will teach you how to win if you're humble enough to learn from them. Uh, but every once in a while, when a win shows up, it keeps you in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, I think at some point, right, you go from like assistant to craft to business yeah right you, yeah, yeah, like yeah, you got to yeah, run yeah. the business yeah. of sir john and what learning curves have been mm. difficult for you um even up to now probably yeah. cool. um in, in that path 
So I think when I think about learning curves, I mean, listen, I'm still a student. I, I always will be, I pray always to be a white belt. You know, there's too much arrogance at the black belt level. Uh, when you're a black belt, you don't feel like you can learn anything any longer. Um, so I always want to be a student um, and, and see everything with fresh eyes and still absorb information. But um, to, to your question, like, it's actually, it's, it's a daily job. So actually, can you bring that? That was a two-part question. Can you bring it home a bit more? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's just like, um, no, I forgot what I said. No, just yeah. um, as, as far as um, your learning curve, like what do you learning continue curve, to yeah. learn as a business person, executive, managing yeah. your own? Yeah. You know, listen, the business of beauty is really interesting. It has nothing to do with makeup. You know, it's, um, and actually whenever, the, cra the crazy thing is, is that I, it's not like I can hide behind, I can never do zooms with my camera off. Like they, every time I, I'm, I'm, some of my counterparts are really blessed. Um, you know, I'm talking about the ones that are known, name, uh, known for like first name only in terms of makeup artists, but they're blessed because they're attached to other celebrities and they don't necessarily have to be dynamic when they show up. And I, I think it's because I'm a black man, actually, that I have to show up in this dynamic way. But sometimes they can just go show up and do makeup and go home. But I have to show up and I have to impact the room. People want to, you know, I always have to be on camera. I have to make sure that I'm, you know, have to shave or video ready. And also sometimes it feels like Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> in terms of having a tap dance for people. Can I just do my job and go home and not have to worry about making people feel something? And if they don't feel something, I feel like they let, I've let them down in some way. Um, so I have to do some conditioning on myself to make sure I'm okay, protecting my own energy, if you will. But um, I wish, it, look, like, at this space in my career, I, I think, damn, I should have went to school for law, <laughs> if anything, to know how to read contracts. I think the biggest thing, uh, life lesson I've learned is sit down, read every word in a contract. Understand what you're signing your name to. Um, you know, understand your value and your worth. I might not always understand my value on a daily basis and relationships and, and, and home shit. But when it comes to work, um, I have, I know why, where I should be and why I shouldn't be there. Like, and so, and what that looks like is, um, it, it takes a long time for, not a long time. It takes a little bit of, of work and it takes a little bit of time for you to understand what you represent and, and putting a monetary value on it. But at the same time, it's really hard to monetize in our career. If you have any friends who are artists, dancers, musicians, you know, they, when they were just doing the craft and doing the thing, uh, when it wasn't, when there weren't agents, you know, licensing deals or contracts involved, they really love the art. Yeah. But when all those things come in, it creates a fogginess um, that you can't necessarily see the art in the same way. So I think the goal is to make sure I fortify myself in terms of what I need and what I expect from these relationships or engagements. But also, I still got to love the art. Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. No, I, it's, I think there is a, the word that comes to mind for me is freedom. Freedom. And how do we get that out of ourselves, that feeling of freedom out of mm -hmm. ourselves, even when the pressure is on, right? This person's asking you for that. You got to show up at this per But the feeling of freedom means that you can still create from a place of if you had the guitar and you're still busking oh, yeah. on the corner. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that my yeah. therapist would have asked me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I love this. Go ahead. Well, what would happen if you didn't have your camera on and you didn't show up and like give well, this energy? What, well, what yeah. happens? Yeah, what happens? So what happens is, you know, if I say I have to make it, I have to actually give a reason why they can't see me on, 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 on. And I don't know why <laughs> I'm a guy behind the scenes, but you know, they definitely want to see me on, on video. They want to, when I go to sets, if I say, Hey, I don't want to be filmed or we can't do d any digital thing around this. Uh, they want to know why. So since I do know, they know they want to do that. I, I, I actually build them for that. 
So my whole thing is this. I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> you No, it's great. Yeah. I love it. You so if I'm going to show up in this way, this contract needs to be more robust. You know, I, I, so I actually treat them like two different careers. I'm not going to, if I'm just speaking or I'm doing makeup or if I'm, all of those things are separate. So if you want me to come in with all of those, that it has to be, you know, beneficial for me. Or I'm just not rocking with it. Yeah. But um, I do believe that when you provide a feeling for someone, when you're providing feeling for the people, um, I'm not, listen, I'm the people's champ. And when I say that, and, champ and, is here. and, and I'll tell you why, it's, I'm not a makeup artist who actually, you know, I'm different in the sense where I know that the democracy of social media is why I'm here. If we were waiting for the beauty industry, the fashion industry to be more inclusive, we would still be waiting. So in the space of me using my voice and advocating, the most powerful thing I have is my voice. It's not my hands, it's my voice. And so as long as I continue to show up for the people, uh, they're expecting something from me. And it's, not, and it's not something that I don't want to give them or continue to give them. The only thing that separates or gets in the way of that are executives, are, you know, is, is our contracts, our agents, or, you know, uh, the comms of it all, but um, I'm really here, bro, because I, I want people to feel something, bro. Uh, you, you touched on fandom, right? And I remember, like, I, I think, you know, obviously when I, we first got introduced, I was like, let me look this dude up. And I was like, why are there half a million Instagram followers here? Like, <laughs> which, which is so not, which, which is not a lot compared to it's like, not yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's a lot more than I expected. It's a lot more than I got. Okay. And it's, it, and it's a lot, but, but it, I think it speaks to, I mean, half a million is, is, is pretty hefty. And that's just on one platform. And they are tuning into you, like much like you would an artist who paints or okay. an artist who sings or does whatever sort of creative craft. It, but yours is such uh, rooted in service, right? And it's like, I don't know, if I'm a waiter, <laughs> okay. not make a terrible comparison, but like, I don't know, I don't know how to turn that into like something that people want to see unless I'm spinning plates and like doing yeah. cartwheels on, the, on my way to the table. This is really, this metaphor is getting way out of hand. Rooted in inspiration. Yeah. Instead of service, I would say it's rooted in inspiration. I think that people are you know, tuning in or they, uh, something about me actually they can identify with is possibly where I came from might seem familiar it might you know uh, which i don't which i love and i i want that to only become bigger i actually really worked you know the business has come a long way but i didn't always feel safe and comfortable like speaking up about the issues or you know being as vocal about how we should show up in these spaces or what we need or what we deserve um and and that took i didn't feel like but at this point no one can take anything away from me so i don't have anything to lose uh and that is where the freedom came from so uh, mm. that makes any sense. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who inspires you? What inspires you? Who inspires me? I'm inspired by the women, bro. I'm around some really amazing, amazing black women. Um, and like, I, I'm like captain of the cheerleaders in a way, if you really think about it. <laughs> I mean, like, you can't help but be inspired. My first client was Naomi Campbell, like, you know? And so she kind of threw me into this. And then, you know, Charlotte Tilbury, Pat McGrath, like, Beyonce in general has been like the sun, which energized a lot of my career. That's what people know me for, more or less. But you know, it takes a lot of work to not just want to be known with her and to do my own thing. Um, and that's why I'm not on tour right now, you know, but uh, what inspires me is just I love when people feel something and they feel and they feel like they can show up uh, and they can feel beautiful. Listen, I think that this business has also given people uh, when I say people, I think about the younger generation or older, a lot of trauma, you know, and it's induced a lot of anxiety or they don't necessarily feel connected to themselves because of this level of perfection seemingly. Uh, that we are we're taught to give them you know concealer the name concealer foundation all of these triggers that the madman era of marketing has shoved down everyone's throats for so long has made people not necessarily feel whole and so like when you find some when you find a little someone who comes in like it's a breeze on a hot day 
You know what I mean? It just, it kind of <laughs> feels familiar and you want to roll with it. So I think people love that I don't take this shit too seriously. Um, and uh, and um, I love what I do. I love what I do. And also I think even though I work in a women's business, um, I have a lot of guys who look to me like for shaving or like this or that. They kind of met me through their girlfriends. Um, so I think that um, the goal is just to keep, just keep continuing to be myself and be authentic. Yeah. In as deep a sense as you can take this, what does beauty feel like? What does beauty feel like? When I think about the feeling of beauty, it's pleasure. I'm thinking about what's, wh how do I look at beauty as pleasure? Uh, when, when, you see a pasta, when you see pasta coming to you, on, you know, across the room and you know it's yours, like with the waiter or whatever that looks like, that's pleasure. You're like, you know what I mean? When you know. It's also a flip on that when it's not yours. And you're like. Even when it's not yours. I didn't yours. get theirs before ours. Exactly. Boom. That, that part. <laughs> like, you know, when you, um, you know, wake up in the morning and you see a beautiful day in L.A., even though it's been rainy for so long, the sun is out. Boom. That's pleasure. When your car just comes off of a nice wash of wax, that feeling of beauty translates into pleasure. And we've been robbed of pleasure for so long, especially of, as, as uh, black and uh, brown people. Uh, we were taught not to get too happy, not to get too excited, not to feel too good. Um, but no, fuck that. Feel good. Yeah, you know, living it. Um, I have an 18 year old daughter, and I always kind of was like, I don't want to raise a kid in LA. I grew up in the Midwest; it's like mad conservative. Yeah. Like we don't see a lot of like, you know, cosmetic surgery, at, like billboards. You know, we don't see the Kardashians on things, okay. especially the era of which I grew up in. Okay, and so I, you know, I had this like reality check of like raising a young woman in mm -hmm. LA and what that means in terms of images of beauty and huh. things that she sees and mm -hmm. what it, you know what she's inspired by what I do I what do I need to curve and mm. am I dousing my you know toxic masculinity on, <laughs> onto her always. expression always so uh, not always I'm, yeah. I'm a pretty good dad okay but um no but just men in general like toxic masculinity is something that we're taught actually like you know when i think about toxic being around enough women uh just in general the ways that we show up the fact that we're not we're the first generation to normalize mental wellness right we're the first generation to normalize being a creative when, when your family actually thinks you have a job and so, like, when I think about that, listen to all your uncles, listen to your dads. Everyone was like, oh, my man, my, my uncle was, you know, uh, or my dad was a man of few words, but he was a disciplinarian, but my mother was there. And so we haven't been emotionally available for our families kind of ever. And so I think that we can start to redefine what it looks like to be available. And availability doesn't just look like I'm here, I'm present, but like, how much am I listening? How much am I asking questions? How much do I feel? Um, you know, how, how safe, as we talk about safety, do the women in my family or the women around me uh, feel when it comes to like sharing, opening, you know, and, and that what that looks like is you'll know. You'll know when, when, you, when you start to hear conversations or you, you see them coming to you in ways that surprises you um, that they would want to show up. Oh, I've had so many uncomfortable conversations, internally yeah. uncomfortable, outward. I'm like, oh, really? You did? Yeah. Cool. And yeah. like, but it's. It is, I mean, you talked about this earlier, it's just like this constant state of being aware of yeah. what you're thinking and yeah. how that thinking is going to cause an action of some sort, whether it's a verbal one or a disciplinary or whatever it might be. Um, the work the is work. like yeah. listening, responding, listening, responding, all in your head. And sometimes, you know, somatically, if you, if you want to put it that way. I don't have a questionnaire, yeah. I was just, you just made me think about it. Yeah, but also, also toxic masculinity isn't something that we need to necessarily like you know, disdain or shun or act like it doesn't happen. What we have to, and that's how you become an ally. Like, you know, it's, you, you want to be an, uh, even an accomplice. You don't even want to be an ally. An ally is going to be easy. It's there with you when it's, as long as it's easy. But an accomplice is going to go, actually, it's going to make themselves uncomfortable to, to meet you where you are or to actually, you know, um, campaign for you or advocate for you in ways that they haven't or haven't showed up 
um, uh, in, in past. So I do, and that's, and that's part of the work. As, as I talk, I think guys in general, we all should be looking at ourselves. Yeah. How do we add or contribute to toxic uh, stereotypes or ways that we were taught? Um, what were your parents like and what did little Sir John one boy John. I'm gonna call you boy John. Sir John. <laughs> no, I was, I've been Sir John since 1982. It's my real name, guys. Shout out uh-huh. to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. What did young Sir John, yeah. you know, six, seven, eight, ten years old? What was what was life like, and what were you thinking? Yeah, it was difficult, man. I, I was always I wasn't athletic. I was six one when I was in sixth uh, grade, and I was thir- six one in sixth grade. Yeah, I was six foot. And Still, that, and I wore a size 13 sneaker when I was 12. So like, but I wasn't athletic at all. And so I was an artist. I wanted to create. I wanted to like, you know, I was really, really involved. My mother got me into the arts. Um, I remember I used to go home and she put butcher paper all on my walls in the in my room. They were all covered. And so she would just like paint, paint murals. So I paint all these murals. She took me to an art school. I got into art, uh, a visual arts program when I was in sixth grade. And then all the way, all the way through high school. Went to college for a bit. Dropped out because it was too expensive at 19. Um, but uh yeah, so young SJ was, you know, um, not as, you know, I, didn't, I don't think I was as colorful and as confident as I was now because, uh, you know, I just, I didn't fit in and, and to, to a certain extent, to, so to speak. I didn't feel safe. I, I didn't feel safe at all, actually. Um, but I had a fantastic mother. I had a fantastic mother who would not let anything destroy me because uh, there were things or assaults on, on, on my emotional um, to fit in that could have. That's, that's beautifully stated. Um, I keep listening to your vocabulary, you know, even when you said uh, accomplice like, is one word that is a, a paradigm shift or a potential paradigm shift. Um, when you talk about like foundation and concealer and like these words that are used to kind of like subconsciously evoke a oh, yeah. different kind of feeling. We, and when I think about, again, in your bio, a term you redefine daily, like there's some poetry and language and action. Um, how mm. deliberate is that? Wow. Uh, and how do you think about like changing the narrative in the in your part of the, the industry? Um, I, I love language, bro. Uh, I really love language. I dropped out of school, uh, high, uh, not high school, co- uh, college, um, when I, like first semester. So I didn't have a formal education, but I love language. I love, I love, pro- pro- I love the, how it provokes people to think or, or move. Or I love, ans- I love when you can have a dialogue about the same thing in different ways um, and have a different understanding. And I think that's kind of like what's so fun about being here. But, um, and, t- and also, you know, it's all game. It's all G. Like at the end of the day, like listen. I don't. I'm not the most popular motherfucker, but people understand my story, and I think that the goal is to uh, continue to be um, to have. Uh, I be- also to a certain extent, you know, to be supremely feminine and masculine at the same time. I know that's not always, you know, that's accepted by you know heterosexual men, but I think what's really great is that you know I have this like. Um, ability to really understand women in a way that is uh, supremely charming and it's really seductive to have people who understand your psychology or who can lean into the psychology of, of both sexes. I think that that's something that um, should not be shunned. So I think to your point, what's up with language? It's a way to understand, it's a way to dive in, it's a way to do a deep dive, but also, um, uh, yeah, it's just it, communication is key, bro. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. As you continue to tell your story, you know, sometimes we tell our story, whether it's in the bio or content that we create, you know, there's, we're telling it in many ways for the existing audience, but then we're growth minded and we mm. also want to attract the new thing that we're, you know, excited about. Okay. What new things are you excited about and how are you bridging that gap? Yeah. Oh man, ooh. 
So new things I'm excited about. I have a, um, I, I'm, a, I'm around, I'm actually surrounded by really, really amazing women. Uh, one of uh, other most amazing women who, who happens to be here with me today, just keep me company, is my business partner, Farrah Louvier-Serve. And um, we're going, I'm going into wellness. Everyone's expecting me to go into color. Everyone's expecting me to go into cosmetics. And that's just not where my passion is. Um, I am really happy about going into a space that uh, can allow people to feel uh, and look beautiful from the inside out. So um, I think that's the goal is, listen, we're all, everyone's running to AI. Everyone's running to something so digital. So us, any attempt to bring people back to a utopia or an Eden um, is the goal of what's next. Uh, and that's, so it's not as transactional as beauty. It's, it means really nothing to me. Um, I have to, I'm here because that's where people are comfortable seeing me at this point. But I think the goal for me as a person, which will make me happy uh, and 10 toes down or footed in my own reality is how do I shift the narrative to allow, to give myself space to continue to evolve. Listen, I, I've seen so many people and I don't want to mention names because I'll get in trouble, but who are, who are slaves to how their audiences met them. And when I say audiences, before all of the shit, before TikTok, before Instagram, before social media, before the internet, you know, you had to, you had to keep that formula you know, of how, or that step of even from a, even look at uh, Andy Warhol, the silver, the factory, you know, the silver hair, you know, I'm looking, I'm thinking about all of the greats, all the people, you know, uh, Hendrix, whatever that looks like. You have to, you have to continue to show Amy Winehouse even left here because of it. Mm -hmm. When, how can you flower? How can you change as a creative? Um, because you know that, you know, what's best, you know, what's next. They can't see it, but your label, your agent, you know, the management, they want to, they want you to show up how they, um, know you to be or what's easier palatable and digestible for them so um in there is a little bit of rebellion but there's <laughs> beauty in it bro like there's beauty and rebirth renewal realignment re, you know re, regrowth so um yeah that's where i'm at i feel like this this quote has come up a lot lately but um it's not that people don't like change they don't like transition mm, mm -hmm. and you know what i mean like it's i'll it, say it again say it again for the people in the back <laughs> if, if i forgot what i said no if people don't like change they don't like transition it's not that people don't like change yeah. they don't like transition i love that man and wow. so it is like oh i'm leaving something familiar behind the audience the craft that i'm really good at like you're talking about if you're gonna be doing a wow. wellness space like it's yeah. it's in some ways can be alienating to some people, mm. even yourself, yeah. you know, like yeah. in entering something new. Yeah. And that transition is the gray area where things are foggy. You don't yeah. quite know if like you're leaving that behind, but also you can't see fully far ahead. It's like growing up the beard before it's sexy. It's like that stubble right. period. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, my yeah. favorite anecdote was when, um, when grocery stores started doing uh, self-checkout. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, they, and we were like, yo, I ain't stealing nothing. Yeah. yeah. I exactly. can't just walk out of the store. Too. I can't just, yeah. that's our own trauma though. Cause we feel like, like we're always being policed or watch or whatever that yep. has that has a lot to do with being black in America. But yes, that's a whole other conversation. Put the last item back. Yeah, You're like no, well, I know yeah. I, I got it. I promise. Um, but no, just like my example was yeah. going to be just when you walk in and you go like, um, uh, I don't work here. Like I don't want to bag my own groceries right. and do all this stuff until right. that one time I was in a rush and I needed to use it. And then now I was on the other side of the change. Boom. Right. So walk me through where you are in terms of this transition in your career. Like, are you comfortable? Is it frightening? Is it exciting? Is it all of the above? Yeah, no, I'm not. There's nothing frightening. Um, I think uh, it actually, this is one of the, so one exercise in manifestation or just, you know, being able to, uh, you know, get to that next plane or is to bring it closer to you is to visualize. So it's to not just visualize, but believe it's coming. So if you order a pizza, you know, it's coming, right? You don't even sweat it no more. You don't even think about it. You have every intent on receiving it. 
And so that is, in those small pockets of knowing it's coming, brings me joy every day. Like, it, you know, when I'm in a space where I just know that I've outgrown in any way, um, or just conversations I just don't feel like I should be having anymore, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the next. And so that thing that I'm looking forward to, I'm bringing it closer to myself when I continue to believe and know it's coming or know I'm working toward it and, um, and have unwavering belief and faith. I got faith in myself and how, what I can do. Um, and so the goal is to believe that everyone's capable of meeting that same goal. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. <laughs> George Michael, right? Yep, you yeah, already yeah, played yeah, the guitar, yeah, yeah. so I, I figured it was, it was happening. Uh, I'm gonna go back to, to the makeup industry for a Boom, second because um, I think about a lot how technology has changed that ecosystem. Ooh. Yeah, as we're Our, like, as we see all the stuff that's happening. Right? As of now, and I mean, years ago, I interviewed a guy named Geef Bluch, who okay. uh, I believe is still there. Um, he runs the L'Oreal Connected Beauty Incubator. Okay. And they had launched this augmented reality app where, you know, people could try on different products oh, yeah, and things. That. Plus, you've got the technology of social media where people are seeing different looks and inspirations and like, well, hold on, that's not for you. Right, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's a, wow. a lot more noise to sift through okay you know what is your take noise. on technology and its influence in the industry yeah no there's noise to sift through even before the technology part of it there's noise to sift through. i'm like even how i got here it would be difficult to get here the same way you know because of the fact that social media how do you stand out on social like i knew how to stand out in a room or, or with people but now you know and i look at influencers and shout out to influencers not trying to knock any of them at all but i've you know as the creative director of l'oreal paris I used to host dinners often, and I, and I noticed I started to see a change in a wavering um, ability to connect, an ability to have a conversation with strangers, or to you know uh, to disconnect from screen time, and so and so that was start of that was the start of like okay this is kind of odd, um, but uh, I think the goal is in, AI can never be a person; it can never make a person feel. So if if everyone's going to something that is transactional that had, lacks emotion, that is just there to solve or answer a problem, I wanna be as disruptive or on the opposite end of that and continue to make people, make their heart skip, make them feel something, make them, make them feel bad, make them feel sad, make motherfuckers cry. <laughs> it's, it, but long as they're feeling something, um, you'll be a destination, a destination of energy like we talked about earlier. When was the last time you cried? When last time I cried? I mean, bro, I'm a crier. I ain't no, no sweat. I mean, no, no shade. First of all, my birthday is July 1st. I'm a cancer. Cancer, oh, yeah. right. cancer, cancer, Virgo, Gemini. I mean, I for, cancer, Virgo, rising, Scorpio moon. But I, when I say I cry, I cry because I want to, not because somebody made me. Like, so, like, you know, I'm emotional. I feel something. Like, I, if I see a movie and it, and it provokes me to, it's, 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 I want to say as men, it's okay to cry because it's, it's a, Either if I don't if if I don't actually shed this in some way, my body's gonna get hot and I gotta get it out another way. So instead of hitting somebody, actually feel like let a tear. You can actually welt up without letting one drop. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So I just feel like you know it's it's okay to feel something enough for it to move the needle for you emotionally. If nothing moves the needle for you emotionally, you got a lot. You, it's a lot you gotta work on, bro. It's a lot. It's a lot. If you can't feel. Um, speaking of feeling and uh, technology, I dumped your bio into ChatGPT. Okay, what does that mean? You'll see. Explain that. You'll see. It's, it's this a, is new for me. I, I know, I know. Yeah. The, and it's new for me. It's, okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying a bit for the second time. Um, and I asked it to give me fun oh, wow. or funny interview questions wow. based on your bio. Get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, man. 
Um, are you guys gonna bleep out all the cursings? I'm so, sorry. No, man. Yeah. This is, this is good, go. good Christian family show. <laughs> um, you, you blasphemer. The uh, pick three numbers between one and twelve. Three and I did, by the way, I didn't really look love. at these questions. I just kind of like pick, had it. Th- pick three didn't. numbers between one and twelve. Let's say seven, five, and eight. Went mad out of order, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> ooh, if Sir John was a makeup product, what would be the three adjectives to describe him, and how would he bring a unique twist to people's ooh. beauty routines? If I was a makeup product, three adjectives to describe myself. Okay, damn, that's really deep. Wow. If I was a makeup product, I would actually be eyeliner, which is uh, it predates the Bible. It's the oldest thing that has been known um, to evoke emotion. Uh, it actually is mesmeric. It, it really ca- kind of gives like this um, hypnotic ability to um, connect with people and eyes are the windows to the soul. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, <laughs> let's go, baby. Okay. All right. Um, if you could invent a makeup tool inspired by a superhero gadget, what would it do and how would it revolutionize the beauty industry? If I can invent, if I can invent, I'm um, sorry, can you give me that one? All right. Yeah, if both. you could invent yes. a makeup tool yes. inspired by a superhero uh-huh. gadget, what would it do and how would it revolutionize the beauty industry? A superhero gadget. I'm thinking more like Harry Potter's invisible cloak. So if you have the ability to take that invisible cloak and put that shit on anywhere you don't want to see anything <laughs> daily would be, listen, I would put stock in that. Like if you can wrap your edges around that one day, <laughs> if you could put that over, you know what I mean, a, a pimple or somewhere, or even like if you're going to see your man ladies and you don't got a chance to get a bikini wax, you can like, you know, give yourself a little tie up situation with the invisible cloak. Hide some fat, even if you want to. I think, yeah, I, I think we need so. to make that one. Yeah, I believe so. I probably put one on my pinky toenail. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what would be your dream makeup challenge on a reality TV show? This might be too close home. Um, would it involve transforming contestants into famous historical figures, or maybe into living works of art? So, what would your dream makeup challenge on a reality TV show be? Um, I would say, uh, uh, well, I, I, guys, I have had a, a show. I was on Lifetime. Shout out to uh, Lifetime and a It was called American Beauty Star. First season, it was myself and Adriana Lima. Uh, and second season was Ashley Graham, Cindy, uh, Christy Brinkley, and Sarah Brown. Things like that. That Ashley Graham. Boom. Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I would say if I had to do a challenge for makeup to um, the most compelling thing would be... Um, I think is to make people look how they feel. Mm. Make people look how they feel. And so that would put it on not just the person who's actually doing the work, but the, once you know that someone's painting you to feel how to, you know, to mirror what's going on with you, you, it might move the needle for you. You might sit up a bit more straight. You actually might pretend to be in a good space. You might want to investigate why am I not who I need to be right now and in order for me to look how I need to look. Makeup is therapy. Boom. Sir John, thank you. Thank you, my Enjoy brother. Enjoy Masters of Craft. Masters of Craft. You are the master today, my brother. And this is <laughs> and, and I love your craft. I love what's happening. I love how you can, you know, anytime you can highlight talent uh, in this way from all these very different walks of life, man, that needs to be applauded. So, brother, I'm, uh, I'm in all. Anybody else want? They didn't this applaud is, this is, No, no, but this is. <laughs> no, thank I, you, man. I'm a huge fan, man. I'm a huge fan. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Boom. Boom. Yeah.